You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. What is up? What is up? It is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com and also the NBA Draft Junkies YouTube channel. You are listening to Locked On NBA Draft. The last few weeks I've had a guest, but today I'm going to hold it down solo. I'm a one-man gang. And that is because I want to take a stab at a mock lottery. I am on tankathon.com. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to hit the sim lottery. Now, if you're not familiar with Tankathon, they have it for NBA, NFL, NHL, Major League Baseball. And it's pretty much a site where they have the, the, the rankings based off the worst record. So... You know, obviously the team with their worst, worst record would have the number one pick. But they also have this feature where you can do a sim lottery. And so I'm going to hit the button now. And then once I hit it, the sim lottery is going to basically simulate, you know, what, what happens in Secaucus and usually every May. And we'll see who gets the number one pick. What I'm going to do without rehearsing is based off of the lottery. I'm going to try to be the general manager for each team. And I'm going to select the draft pick or fill it based off of team need, but also the best player available. All right. So let's get started. I hit the sim lottery and based off of what happens with Tankathon, the number one pick is the Detroit Pistons. Number two is the Orlando Magic. Number three, Indiana Pacers. They moved up nine spots. Wow. That, that's pretty incredible. Houston Rockets at number four, Golden State at five, which is the Minnesota Timberwolves pick. That would be awful for Minnesota. Number six is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Number seven, the Washington Wizards. Number eight, Oklahoma City Thunder. Nine is the Toronto Raptors. Number 10 is the Orlando Magic, their second pick in the top 10. At 11, we have the Sacramento Kings. At 12, we have the New Orleans Pelicans. And at number 13 with their second pick is the Golden State Warriors. And at number 14, it's and it's just weird to see this team in the lottery, but it is the San Antonio Spurs. All right, so let me get started here with the number one pick. And I am now the general manager of the Detroit Pistons. This is pretty much a no-brainer. I'm taking Cade Cunningham, 6'7", 220-pound freshman point guard. I think he's a point guard. There is some debate on whether or not he is a primary ball handler or not. But I'm taking him. I think Detroit needs some star power, even though they selected a point guard in the 2020 NBA draft to Killian Hayes, who has missed a significant part of the season. And prior to a game a few days ago, he had a rough start to his um, rookie year. But I thought he had a pretty good game a couple of days ago. But Despite them taking a point guard last year, I I don't think you can pass up Kate Cunningham, regardless of, you know, the players that you already have at that particular position. 
I know Dennis Smith is on the roster now. Saban Lee has been starting the last few games for them. Doesn't matter. Kate Cunningham is the choice. I think as many ball handlers and creators and ball movers that you can have on the floor, the the better your offense can be. So this is an easy choice for me. I don't think there's anybody else I would consider at this pick. Maybe Evan Mobley, but right now I, I just have K in, in a different tier. So that was the easiest choice. And, and based off of the way this mock lottery went, I think it's going to be a little bit tougher, um, you know, from here on out. But I'll move on to number two. And number two is the Orlando Magic. And again, this is just kind of off the top of my head. I haven't rehearsed this. This is not written down. I'm, I guess, kind of challenging myself here. Orlando is in a weird situation simply because um, they drafted a point guard last year. They just signed Markel Fultz to, I want to say, like a $50 million deal. And, you know, he was injured early in the year. They just traded their best player, which was Nikola Vucevic, for Wendell Carter. And they still have Mo Bamba. So here at number two, I don't know if Suggs is... uh, This is kind of tough for me simply because I think Jalen Suggs would be number two. But they already have, you know, a a logjam of guards there. I'm, you know what? I'm just going to go with Evan Mobley. I'm just going to tell them, Steve Clifford, you know what? Figure it out. We got Carter. We got Bamba. We got Kim Birch. We got Evan Mobley. Be creative. Somehow figure out how to play them together. So with the number two pick for the Orlando Magic, I'm going to select Evan Mobley. Now moving on to number three. This is a big shocker. The Indiana Pacers, based off the record as of today, which is... Right now, it is April 7th, but when this episode airs, it will be April 8th. The Pacers moved up nine spots, and with that, I'm going to select Jalen Suggs. I know that you have um, uh, Malcolm Brogdon there, but I think Suggs is too good to pass up. Coming off a strong freshman year, which Gonzaga was one win away from a perfect season, but, man, they got their butts kicked Monday night by just an aggressive Baylor team but Suggs was the bright spot for Gonzaga in that game I like him in Indiana I think this pick makes a lot of sense so with the third pick for the Indiana Pacers I would go with Jalen Suggs the 6'4 point guard from Gonzaga I think he could play with uh, Malcolm Brogdon together they also have Karis LeVert there so I think that would be a pretty good choice for the Indiana Pacers At number four, it is the Houston Rockets, a team that I haven't seen in the lottery in. I I don't even know when's the last time the Rockets have been in the lottery. I'm off the top of my head. I'm guessing the last time they had like a lottery pick was the year they selected one of the Morris twins. I don't even remember which one. I want to say it was Marcus, and I don't know the year off the top of my head. This is somewhat of a, a difficult choice also. Uh, I'm going to go with Jalen Green, even though Jalen Green plays a similar position as Kevin Porter Jr., but I just think the Rockets lack talent at, at this point. And so, yeah, I'm going to go with Jalen Green as the fourth pick. So Houston will have a, a pretty dynamic scoring backcourt with Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. I think John Wall will still be there. I can't see him being moved anytime soon because – 
I mean, who's going to take on that contract? That's that's a huge deal. So, yeah, I, I think that Jalen Green and the Houston Rockets, I think that would be a good fit there. At number five, and this is, if you're a Timberwolves fan, just, you know, hit pause. Um, you can turn the volume down for a little while because your team is bad. You've dealt with a lot of injuries. You have a lot of talent, but a top five pick in this draft could actually have the team trending in the right direction. But based off of this tankathon simulated lottery, they lost their pick. It goes to Golden State at number five. Now, if I'm the Warriors here, I already mentioned they have their 13th pick also. I'm, I'm trading this pick. I, I think you can package um, the number five pick, number 13th pick, maybe even James Wiseman, and you can get yourself a legitimate superstar to kind of fill the role that KD left. I think this pick would be on the move regardless. But at number five, I would take Jonathan Kaminga. And for me, all season, my top five has, has pretty much been set. Um, I think there are some, uh, I mean, I guess there's some chances that Kuminga is like the one player that could drop out of my top five. But as of today, I, I have him as a top five pick. So if I'm Golden State, I'm taking Kuminga at number five. I think this makes sense for a package. But if they decided to keep the pick, um, you know, you got an, another young wing that you can develop, 6'8", 210. I thought he had a pretty good G League bubble. He showed me some things that I didn't really know he had. I mean, the shooting is very concerning, but he's so young. He's only 18 years old. He's not ready to contribute as a shooter right now, but I think he can develop into a shooter. And as I've mentioned on previous podcasts, I just like the confidence that he has in the shot. He wasn't afraid to let it fly, even though he wasn't shooting the ball at a, you know, at a proficient clip, but I like the confidence. So right now is my top five. Again, number one, Kate Cunningham going to Detroit. Number two, I have Evan Mobley going to Orlando. Number three, Jalen Suggs going to the Indiana Pacers. Number four, Jalen Green, Houston Rockets. Number five, Jonathan Kuminga going to the Golden State Warriors. And when I return, I'll go through picks six through ten. I am excited to tell you about a new podcast that I think you're really going to love called Death at the Wing. It's a sports documentary podcast hosted by Adam McKay, who was the writer and director of The Big Short, Vice, and Anchorman. In the 1980s, basketball saw players like Magic Johnson and Dr. J becoming household names, bringing a faster and flashier style of play that captivated TV audiences. I know for me personally, that's when I became a fan of the NBA. Now, but along the way to this wealth and stardom, the excess of the 80s took its toll on the next generation of basketball. And never in the history of any sport have we seen so many who were ready to become stars, face tragic deaths in such a short time frame. McKay is joined by sports journalists and experts who live through these moments in the history to explore this overlooked phenomenon and the web of social, political, and cultural forces at play. I'm looking forward to this because, again, like I said, I, I mean, I was born in the late 70s, but I grew up in the 80s. This is when my dad introduced me to basketball. I started reading like the Street, Street and Smith magazine when I was like in second grade or something like that. And ever since then, it's just been basketball my whole life. I mean, has been dedicated to basketball, being a big fan. So if you love the 80s basketball like I did, and even if you love like The Last Dance or 30 for 30, you're definitely going to love Death at the Wing. 
Search for Death at the Wing wherever you get your podcasts to start listening. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I'm back, and now let's get to picks 6 through 10. Again, if you're just listening, this is a simulated lottery. Tankathon.com is where I'm basing this information from. I hit the sim lottery. It made the picks for me as far as, like, the, I guess, their version of the ping pong balls. So, all right, let's start at number 6, and that is the Cleveland Cavaliers. And if I am the general manager of the Cleveland Cavaliers, I think I would go with Scotty Barnes here. The Kevin Love era has to be ending sometime soon. I mean, I thought he would have been traded this year, but he's dealt with some injuries, hasn't really played much. I know he just like got back on the court. I don't even think he's played five games this year. But Scotty Barnes, 6'9", about 230 pounds, is like this Swiss army knife. He's a I think he's going to be a great defender, and he's a four, but he's like a point forward, kind of like a poor man's Draymond Green in a sense. The shooting is a concern, but I think that he gives the Cavaliers another glue guy with high intangibles and and another ball mover, and I think that's something that the Cavs could, could definitely use, another guy that can move the ball and make plays for others because... Right now, their backcourt of Colin Sexton and Darius Garland aren't the best at when it comes to like distributing the ball. So I think having another guy on the floor that can be a playmaker is very beneficial for them. So I have them selecting Scotty Barnes. A Scotty Barnes, Isaac Okoro, 3-4 combination, I think that gives the Cavs a strong identity on the defensive end. So that is the direction I would go there at number six. At number seven, and I guess this is probably a shocker to some, but at number seven, if I'm the Washington Wizards, and this is a team that, you know, you got Westbrook at the point, obviously Bradley Bill, then you got Hachimur and Abdia playing the three and the four. You got Bertans. If a center was available, well, I mean, I guess a center is available. You could go with a center here, even though I kind of like Thomas Bryant, who's out for the year. But I'm going to go with a guy that has a high upside freak athlete, arguably one of the best athletes in this draft. But I'm going to go with Keon Johnson from Tennessee, 6'5", about 185 pounds. He's raw. I think there's still a ways to go. But I think, like I said, he's a high upside guy. I think that he has some Zach Levine potential. I think Zach at the same stage in his career was a better I guess had more point guard skills, but I like Johnson. He's a great vertical athlete, but he has a lightning quick first step. I think if he can develop into like a a pull-up shooter and become a better outside shooter, I think that he has superstar potential. So if I'm the Washington Wizards, I'm going to go with Keon Johnson at number seven. He'll come off the bench. He's a guy that you can bring along a little bit slowly. But if they decide that they want to go in full rebuild mode this offseason, and I know Golden State would love to get their hands on Bradley Bill. I mean, the Wizards could be in a position to where if they were to trade Bill to, like, let's say the Warriors, they could have multiple picks, and they could have some nice assets to start their rebuild. 
But Keon Johnson is the guy I would go with. Now, at number eight, it is the surprising Oklahoma City Thunder. Coming into the season, I would have thought the Thunder were a lock for the number one pick. And they are playing like this super young team. I want to say there's like college teams that are older than Gonzaga. Tail Maladon has had a good year. Alexis Pokashevsky, who has been more bad than good, but the flashes that he's shown shows that he has a ridiculous upside. I mean, if you haven't been able to watch him or pay attention, this is like the seven foot agile point forward. I mean, he, he had a pass a couple of days ago that you just don't see from a man his size. And then he had a game tonight where he hit like the last time I looked at the box score, he had like seven threes. The sky's the limit. And the Thunder are in a, a very good situation because they have a bunch of young guys. They have a gazillion picks. I mean, there's probably like some fifth grader on the playground in Los Angeles right now who the Thunder have his rights for I don't know how many years it is. I think it's like 17 picks in like the next five or six drafts, maybe even less than that. I don't know. They have a ridiculous amount of draft capital. So they can swing for the fences. And the guy who I take here at number eight is a – a player that I had a chance to watch him play a few years ago. I never would have guessed that he'd be in this position to where I'm mentioning him as a lottery pick, but it's Alperin Shingun who is having just a crazy productive year in Europe. He's only, I think he's like only 18 years old. He's not even 19 years old. He's one of the most productive bigs in the continent. As of today, averaging 19.7 points per game, nine rebounds, 2.4 2.4 assists, nearly two blocks, and a steal a game. He's absolutely dominating the Turkish domestic league. And if you're not familiar with Europe, the Turkish league is one of the best domestic leagues in Europe. In my opinion, it's probably number two. The ACB in Spain is the best domestic league. And when I talk about domestic leagues, I'm talking about you're just playing teams from your country. Then there's also like the Euro League, where you're playing a bunch of the best teams comprised from other parts of Europe. But Shingun is having a dominant year, and for him to be 18 years old and put it up those type of numbers in the league is is pretty much unheard of. So I have him as the eighth pick in the draft, and if I'm the Thunder, I'm going with him. And I mean, you could have like this, I mean, I guess this Dallas Mavericks type Euro lineup where you have Maladon, um, Shingun. Um, Pokashevsky, and of course, um, Gilgis Alexander is, is you know, their their future. Lou Dort, I mean, they have a bright future on top of all the million picks that they have available. So, Shingun would be my pick there. At number nine is the Toronto Raptors, a team that's kind of strange to see them in this predicament. I mean, they were just NBA champions a couple years ago, but they lost their whole front court from that team with... I mean, obviously, Kawhi's gone. Serge joined Kawhi. You know, their, their front court went to L.A. They just went to different two different teams. But Gasol is in L.A. They just made a trade for Gary Trent Jr. I'm a Blazers fan. It was kind of tough to see Gary Trent Jr., you know, just move on to another team. I mean, you you get a steal in the second round, and then you end up moving him. It's to be determined whether or not I like the pick or not or, or like the trade or not. I would have kept Gary Trent Jr. for, you know, if, if I was the Blazers, but I'm not. But anyway, let's get back to the Raptors. At number nine, if I'm Toronto, I'm taking Jalen Johnson from Duke. 
Now, he's going to have to answer a lot of questions. He didn't finish out his freshman year. He had an up-and-down freshman season, um, 11 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists. He averaged over a block and steal per game. He's athletic. I think he's like this weird combination of Ben Simmons and James Johnson. If he could meet somewhere in the middle, I think he has a very productive NBA career. But I am a very big fan of the Raptors' developmental program, and I think that going to Toronto is probably one of the best places to go. Maybe if not the best place to go if I were a rookie or even if I were an agent, I would want my player to go to Toronto because they just have a good track record of developing guys and getting the most out of them. I think Jalen Johnson would be a pretty good pick there. He would give them another athlete, another ball handler. I mean, he's not necessarily like a a point forward in a sense, but man, him in transition, he's athletic. I just like his upside. I think he's a lot better than the numbers showed at Duke. He had some flashes where he had like the 19 point, like 19 rebound game. The talent is there. It's just some questions that he's going to have to answer about him leaving. I think he went to like multiple high schools and whether or not he ends up this high is going to depend a lot on his intel. But overall, from a talent perspective, he's definitely a top 10 pick. And if I'm the Raptors, I think this is a no brainer. Now at number 10, it is the Orlando Magic. Again, they're in position to put together a nice um, a nice draft here. This is the pick that they got from Chicago in the trade that I mentioned earlier. And if I'm Orlando at number 10, I'm taking Moses Moody from Arkansas. I think this would be a very good pick. I mean, you're replacing Fournier. You may have a little bit of a log jam at guard, but I think Moses Moody is like the ideal complimentary player. He averaged 17 points, or roughly 17 points, six rebounds, one assist per game, knockdown shooter from three. I just think that this will be a good pick for Orlando. Now they could have like this situation where they have a lineup of, and I'm just guessing off the top of my head next year, you know, you would go Fultz, maybe Hampton, or maybe they go Fultz and, um, and when I say Hampton, I'm referring to RJ Hampton. Maybe you go Fultz and Cole Anthony together. Maybe you can go Fultz and Moody. You have some 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 nice young pieces that you can just kind of toy around with as far as like building chemistry. Jonathan Isaac should be back. They've already selected Evan Mobley. Well, I've already selected Evan Mobley for the Magic. So I think at number 10, Orlando with the pieces that they were able to acquire along with two top 10 picks, I think the future could be bright in Orlando. They just have to figure out which guy is going to be a star or else they're going to be in the same situation they've been in the past few years where they had some talented guys. I mean, you had Fournier, you had Aaron Gordon, you had Vooch, you had guys that I feel like if they're the third best or fourth best player on a team, they're good. But I think the pecking order in Orlando was a little bit off. So Orlando's going to need a superstar or a you know a a go-to guy that's that's really a franchise guy in order for them to get out this this rut that they've been in since Dwight Howard left now when we return I'll finish out my lottery with the last few picks bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action 
Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props are almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts, promo code locked on. If you've been paying attention, we've been telling you about Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar on the market for quite a while. And if you haven't, Built Bar, it's this amazing, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar that is 100% chocolate on every single bar. Now, we finally got to the point where we can tell you which Built Bar is the best. Built Bar Madness is finally over. It's wrapped up and we have a champion. And the champion, or I guess champion, is Coconut Brownie Chunk. It won over Cookie Dough Chunk. And I had another bar. I had Mint Brownie for the champion. But my bracket is messed up in the Built Bar Championship and in the NCAA bracket. But overall, I, I can't be upset with the winner. But go to BuiltBar.com or at Bar underscore Built on Twitter. And remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKEDON20 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Get more analysis on the top Prospects available in this year's NBA Draft with the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. We have scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts like myself. Follow the Locked On NBA Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I am back and I'm here to finish out the mock lottery all right, let's get right into it. At number 11 is the Sacramento Kings. And Sacramento is Sacramento. It seems like on paper they should be a lot better than they are. De'Aaron Fox is a legit star in this league. Buddy Hill seems like he's having a little bit of a down year. I thought Harrison Barnes was going to be moved, but apparently they weren't able to find a deal that they liked. Marvin Bagley can't stay healthy. Then they're going to have a decision to make on Rashawn Holmes. But if I'm Sacramento at number 11, and if you're the Kings, you've been bad for a while, and I'm taking a swing for the fences, I'm going to go with Isaiah Jackson from Kentucky. Now, who would have thought coming into the season that Isaiah Jackson would be Kentucky's first player off the board? I didn't think so. Maybe unless you're like, part of his homeboys or, you know, and part of his family, you thought so, but he had a, a pretty good year. The numbers don't necessarily jump out to you. 8.4 points per game, 6.6 rebounds, 2.6 blocks does stand out. He has a high upside as a defender, and I think he's shown some flashes of having some offensive game that, you know, it can it can be developed, but I see him as this athletic switchy defender and rim protector and I think in Sacramento may not be the best fit right now but I think they could use a an, an elite shot blocker they have Whiteside on the team but he's not really playing so 
if I'm Sacramento, I'm swinging for the fences here. Actually, I may try to trade the pick because they're like the, I guess, the West Coast version of Orlando in a sense, even though Orlando has had a little bit more success because the East is bad. But the Kings are just kind of just stuck in this in the same position. So at number 11, I would go at Isaiah Jackson. At number 12, it's the New Orleans Pelicans, who in my opinion are probably the biggest disappointment this year. I thought that they would be a lot better. I, you know, Zion is having a tremendous second year. I mean, he's putting up crazy numbers on crazy efficiency. Brandon Ingram is always going to be a scorer. Lonzo has had an up and down year, but he's trending upwards as of now. Eric Bledsoe, who I thought would have been moved. I'm not a big fan of the Steven, Steven Adams fit next to Zion. And then, um, you know, they got a decision to make with Lonzo. And then also Kyra Lewis is just now starting to play. They're still having to kill Alexander Walker. Sometimes I get it mixed up. Is it Alexander Walker or Walker Alexander? But he's showing some signs. They got Josh Hart. But I'm still going to go with another guard. I'm going to go with James Booknight. I think that he has a lot of potential to be a 20-point scorer in the NBA. This year, his sophomore season, he averaged 18.7 points per game. A very underrated rebounder, averaged nearly six rebounds a game, two assists. I'm from Omaha, Nebraska, and I mentioned in a previous podcast how he lit up Creighton. He did miss some time with an elbow injury. It's probably not the most seamless fit for him, especially with um, Stan just doesn't seem to be a fan of playing rookies. But if I'm the Pelicans here, David Griffin, I think I would definitely not bring the Lonzo Ball, Eric Bledsoe backcourt back for next season. So there should be a spot available in the rotation for another guard. So I would go with James Booknight here. Now at number 13, it's the Golden State Warriors. This is their second pick. They had the number five pick. I had them taking Jonathan Kaminga. And I definitely think that they should and will trade the pick. But at number 13, if I'm the Golden State Warriors and I keep the pick, I'm taking Davion Mitchell from the NCAA champion Baylor Bears. Um, Man, this guy's stock has definitely been on the rise since the tournament had a dominant NCAA tournament and there's some doubts about whether or not he is a lottery pick I know uh, my guy shout out to the NBA draft dummies I listen to their podcast and they don't seem to be as high on him there may be some questions about him being undersized his age he's 22 years old if he can maintain the the shooting splits that he had this season I think that he's a lottery pick simply because he is a very, very good defender. I think at the very minimum, he can carve out a role as a defender, but he has shot creation ability, good pull up. He averaged five and a half assists per game. He is a good athlete. I'm not going to hold the age against him, but I think with a team like Golden State, If they were to keep the pick, the reason I think he would be a good fit here is because, one, he can defend. Two, he's actually more ready to come in and play now. I feel like the Warriors kind of have like a a shorter window because they're trying to win now. They're trying to maximize the last few years of Steph and um, Klay Thompson's prime, same with Draymond Green. So I think he would be able to come in and 
contribute right away, especially on the defensive end. If he can knock down shots the way he did this year at Baylor, then that's a, an added bonus for the Warriors. But he gives them athleticism, defense, and I think that he's uh, the NBA shot maker. I mean, this year he shot 44% from three, nearly like 45% from three on about 4.7 attempts per game. Now, the free throw percentage was only about 65%, so you may say it was, I don't want to say it was a lucky year, but based off of his career stats, the 44 or 45% shooting from three is more so of an outlier season as opposed to the previous years. And again, the free throw percentage only got to the line about two times per game. But I, again, he's he's hot. It's not just a take that I have based off of, all based off of his NCAA tournament play. I've liked him all season long, and I think that he is a, a lottery pick, in my opinion, which is kind of divisive. All right, and last, at number 14, it is the San Antonio Spurs, who are in the lottery again for the second time, back-to-back years. Again, this is based off of the records as of today and the Tankathon simulated lottery but I have the Spurs selecting Usman Garuba. I just think that he is a Spurs guy. I kind of struggled between Garuba and Franz Wagner, who, man, Wagner struggled in the NCAA tournament. But I decided to go with Garuba, who is 6'8", 230 pounds. Now, the numbers don't necessarily stand out because he's playing on a, a pretty good Real Madrid team. And then, you know, when you're that young and you're playing on a team like Real Madrid, just cracking the rotation and just being able to get minutes it means that, you know, you're definitely good because they just don't give minutes away, unlike the NBA. And I guess Pokashevsky is the best example. He's played more minutes for the Thunder probably this week than he played for Olympiacos last year. Garuba is a guy that I'm a fan of. I've been watching him for the last few years. I think that Best case scenario, he has like this Paul Millsaps type career, but I think that he has a, a, I think that he'll have a career as a athletic, switchy defender, hustle energy guy, and I think the swing skill for him is his outside shot, which he's shown flashes of being able to um, become a decent outside shooter, and then also be able to put the ball on the floor. So at number 14, I have the San Antonio Spurs selecting Usman Garuba. Well, that wraps up my mock lottery. Again, I did this off the top of my head. I acted as if I was the general manager of each team. Matter of fact, I want to give the people at Tankathon a shout out. Thank you for posting my videos. I haven't went through all the videos this year, but I know in the last couple of years when I would click on a player's profile i will see my video so it's always cool to see like my video on such a respected site like tankathon but thanks again for listening this is Raphael from the nba draft junkies and i am out